Let's go with yes. confident yes I'm gonna go with yes let's say yes I still didn't get that well please say I'm sorry you're having trouble thank you for your participation goodbye you might want to put some popcorn in your go bag when you're packing for crazy town this week because if the election the Oscars and the Super Bowl are any indication it's gonna be bananas a week from Monday and I hope you can get yourself to a place where you can benefit. My guest, Robert Phoenix, presents a scenario where Mueller, McMaster, and Trump, that's right, the law firm of Mueller, McMaster, and Trump, see us for all your alt-right estate, estate planning. Um, they are on a collision course for some fireworks, astrologically speaking, anyway. So it's very, very, very fascinating to listen to Robert's worldview. Welcome to episode nine of Packing for Crazy Town. I'm here with Robert Phoenix, and as uh, who Shauna Holm introduced me to a few years ago, and uh, she said, not only is he an astrologer, he understands the game. So I can think of no better person to um, set us up for this eclipse. And um, Robert, thank you so much for talking to me. Um, yeah, what is the deal with with uh, August 21st? Well, uh, obviously with an eclipse, there is both equal parts anxiety uh, and anticipation. So we haven't had an eclipse of this stature since around 1988. And even the eclipse that we had in 1988 wasn't nearly um, at the same arc, the same kind of totality of this eclipse coming up on Fascinating sort of 
you know, uh, you know, bullet point or sidebar to the whole thing. Uh, one of the uh, more fascinating places that the, the eclipse will travel through is a place called St. Clair, Missouri. And of course, people who have studied the history of Freemasonry, the Knights Templar are very familiar with the name of St. Clair. Um, Saint, the St. Clair family became the family that basically became a refuge for the Knights Templar once they were expelled from the south of France. And then, of course, they, they moved to Scotland. And there we have the first kind of Scottish Freemasonic Templar temple or church. So St. Clair is a really powerful name in the whole kind of illuminated sort of uh, symbolic universe. And then, of course, St. Clair is also on Route 66, so there's kind of another layer of symbolic uh, mysticism is what they call it these days. It's going to be interesting to that degree. And these towns, a lot of which are really kind of podunk towns, are going to be swarmed with people. And this is, this is just one of the things that are... Um, that's starting to be talked about, not just the actual eclipse itself, but or the eclipse kind of at a, at a metaphoric level, uh, but the actual impact from from an infrastructure standpoint along this eclipse line, which again cuts through the the center of the country. It's basically a flat where eclipse starts off in your your neck of the woods uh, in the Pacific Northwest and winds up going down through uh, South Carolina and Florida. No, that's just so. That's just kind of the, the energy that's been been ramping up um, from you know sort of the uh, just the sort of the basically the geocentric sort of position of the eclipse. But the eclipse in general, there's certainly um, this is a big one because we haven't had an eclipse with this totality uh, through the United States for a very long time. Like I said, we lost. Uh, version of this we had was in 1988, but it, it, it was it's, it does not have the same arc. It doesn't have nearly the same totality. So we're in uncharted territory um, with the eclipse. <laughs> to be honest with you. Now, the other thing that's going on, obviously, are the astrological ramifications of the eclipse, which you know, without going too micro deep into it does have a significant impact on a lot of key players uh, that we are, of course, associated with this eclipse. And the first person is Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is a Leo rising. His ascendant is, I believe, 26 Leo. 20, I think it's 20. Let me go to this chart here. Hold on. I have it up. I just want to make sure. <laughs> so do we know, do we know the moment that Donald Trump was born or do we just oh, know yeah. the day? We do. We know like the exact. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, there was this woman named Lois wrote and she established a rating system for, for times and charts. And the best that you can get is a double A rating. And that's what Trump has. He has a double A rating. So we absolutely uh, do know the time of his birth. Hold on. Let me see if I can. Here he is. Okay. So Trump is, as I mentioned, uh, a Leo rising. And his ascendant is 29 Leo, which is 
terms of astrology, the 29th degree is um, a very interesting and uh, difficult degree, to be honest with you. Um, it's called the anoretic degree, and most people who follow astrology at a, even a kind of a minimal level know that there's 30 degrees per sign. Uh, so when you get to the 29th degree, you're getting ready to transition from one sign to another. And at the 29th degree, the energy of that sign is theoretically dead in some ways. And this applies to a lot of people that are born around the 22nd of each month. That's when the signs generally change between the 20th, which would be for Aquarius, and the 22nd for most signs. That's when the signs change. So Trump being born at the 29th degree of Leo represents a very interesting challenge inside of this chart because the majority of his first house is Virgo, which is a very different energy than Leo. Now, the, the rising sign or the ascendant is the persona or the mask that we wear over the course of a lifetime, and we kind of evolve into that more as we get older. And then as we understand ourselves, know how to operate in the world every single day, we kind of back off the rising sign a little bit, and then the rest of our life becomes this blend between our sun sign and our rising sign, and trying to find the, the right mix between the two. So, you know, at 29 Leo, there's this kind of, there are two things. The 29th degree represents some kind of karmic relationship with the sign that it's in, because the individual wants to get to that zero degree. Think of like the, the death of a star and the birth of a star. When there's when a, a sign is at 29 degrees, it is literally becoming a black hole. And then out of that zero degree rebirth into the next sign, it's reborn. And it becomes a fully functional and blazing star at zero degrees. So that's where the energy is. It's at zero degrees. It's not at 29 degrees. And yet, the individual must honor that 29th degree in their chart. It's like, do not pass go, you know, do not, uh, you know, do not collect $200, get out of jail for, you've got to like go around the board, step by step by step by step by step. Uh, I'll give you um, a, an example from my chart, okay? So I'm born on September 22nd, and my son is at 29 degrees Virgo. So I have the 29th degree in my chart, and I got a bunch of planets in Libra. And I really like Libra. I've got, you know, it's really fun. It's nice. You get to go out. You get to socialize. And clearly, you know, Venus, the ruler of Libra. I love women. So I really like Libra. But my 29th degree son says, guess what? You can't go there until you nail down this 29th degree, which is service to the rest of the world. So I'm constantly being brought back to that 29th degree in spite of my desire to want to go out and have a really good Libra kind of time. And you know, when I understand this, it's better for me. It's like, okay, this is what I'm, this is what I'm here to do. I, I have to complete something. That's the nature of the 29th degree. You have to complete something. And with Trump on the ascendant with 29 Leo, as much as people may not want to hear this, he has to complete a past life pattern of rulership. 
because this is what Leo is thus. Leo is the sign of kings and queens, royalty. So he must complete this. And part of his completion is the role that he's currently playing as president of the United States. Now here's where it gets interesting. Because he has Virgo in the first house, there is a part of him that is to some degree weaker than the bluster of the 29th degree Leo rising. However, it is not he's not to be underestimated because he also has Mars right there on his ascendant as well. And Mars is the planet of the military, of course. We see constantly Trump's love for the military. He loves the military. He loves the veterans. In fact, he just announced he's opening hospitals that are going to compete with the VA, the private sector, for veterans coming back from these corporate wars, which to some degree I've got to take my hat off to. No other president has kind of stepped up and said, hey, we're going to do this. Because everybody knows what a nightmare the VA is. Um, it's terrible. So, again, Leo, it represents the heart, represents passion. So it's a love and a passion for the military. That's Mars on the ascendant. It also makes him very combative. So when he starts to ratchet up uh, the, the infective and the the war streets towards North Korea, now it's Venezuela. This is a very natural kind of action for him to do because it's in his chart. Yeah. So um, he can be very combative. But really what's interesting is that the first house Virgo indicates that he, let's say for instance, his rising sign was a uh, 12 Leo. And he had much more Leo in his first house. You, you would see that, that he would be kind of on all the time. But that but that Virgo in the first house makes him question himself at times. He's not a, he's not as strong as the image he portrays in many ways. Um, well, and yet, I mean and that yet, that's that seems kind of obvious. I mean, yeah, he's he's and yet we he's, cannot discount the Mars aspect of the chart. Yeah. Because that, that's pretty significant. Now, what does this have to do with the eclipse? Uranus is going to be, I'm sorry, the sun, the eclipse sun is going to be right on his ascendant during the eclipse. And it's going to be right at his Mars during the eclipse. So clearly there will be a tremendous amount of significance in Donald Trump's chart and in his life. And we're coming to this point in time, this dovetail where, uh, what's his name, Mueller, Robert Mueller, um, his pit bulls that he's impaneled for this grand jury are probably going to start to surface evidence right around the time of the eclipse. So we're having these two events sort of simultaneously happening. Now, another interesting point of note here is that Mueller himself, Mueller himself, is also a Leo. Okay, he's not, Trump is a Gemini, but he's a Leo, and his son is in Trump's 12th house, which means that he is working behind the scenes and digging things up from his, from Trump's private life. And that's the role he plays. 
but he also has a Venus conjunction of Trump's Mars. So they have a Venus-Mars conjunction together in the sign of Leo. And the eclipse is going to hit Mueller's Venus at the same time. Now, the, another person that's involved in this um, is Mike Pence. Because yeah. Mike Pence has Pluto in Virgo. I think it's at Virgo zero degrees, which is one degree off of Trump's ascendant. So theoretically, that eclipse is going to hit Mike Pence's Pluto. And if anybody's been sort of really paying attention, uh, Mike Pence has been angry towards being the president for a while now. He actually has kind of surreptitiously behind the scenes begun to hire people to uh, advance a run in 2020. So now we have this kind of major, almost Shakespearean drama shaping up around the eclipse and Trump's ascendant, Trump's Mars, and Comey's Venus. So one of the things that has been surfacing, and so to Shauna's point, what I want to reveal to people about the quote-unquote game is that it's not that hard to decipher because we are always being told what's going to happen ahead of time. This is called predictive programming. And the predictive programming takes place because there's some kind of agreement that these people who essentially use power um, and, and control relationships or whatever it is they need to do behind the scenes, there's some agreement that they have to tell us what's coming. And, and if we don't get it, then it's our fault. Right? It's like, we told you, we told you it was coming, and you, we telegraphed it, and you guys didn't, it's not our fault, you didn't see it coming. And this happens, like, at a very mundane level. For instance, you know, some of your people that listen to your podcast, you know, some of them might be familiar with chemtrails. And you know, some people may say, well, it's much hogwash. But clearly, uh, it's not. A lot of people have been getting sick. And I talked to Dennis Kucinich one time, one-on-one, and he basically admitted to me that they're real and causing problems. And so there are people inside of the political theater that absolutely know what's going on with them. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because if you look in your paper, they have to have legal announcements inside the paper. Uh, and I've seen legal announcements inside the paper that basically says, hey, we're going to be conducting geoengineering experiments over over your skies. So they're literally telling people, even in the public notices of the newspaper, I mean, this is how granular this stuff gets. So about two weeks ago, I was in Florida, and I was watching uh, Turner Classic Movies. And I've noticed that there are patterns in terms of what we see in the media and what's about to come. And on that Saturday, there was a movie I had never seen before. It's called Seven Days of May. And Seven Days of May is a, a film from 1964, starring Burt Lancaster and a number of um, really high-powered actors, Kirk Douglas, Frederick March. And it's about a military coup in the United States that's taking place with these generals. And the generals are staging sort of the overthrow of the president. And, and I thought to myself, well, isn't this interesting that this movie is taking place and all this shuffling is going on inside the White House. Scaramucci has been canned. Kelly was now the uh, 
uh, sort of director of communication, chief of staff guy. And we have this consecration of generals inside the Trump White House like we've never seen before. McMaster's Uranus is right on Trump's ascendant. And Uranus is a planet of disruption. Um, it's a planet of rebellion and revolution. And guess what? McMaster's also a Leo. So now we have Leo Mueller, we have Leo McMaster, and we have Trump with Leo Ascendant. And under the eclipse, these are three very powerful personalities. So again, where's the sun going to be? It's going to be right on McMaster's Uranus. So there's been this talk over look, the last two weeks of a coup taking place inside the White House. And when I saw seven days of May, I thought, oh, isn't this interesting? Here comes this coup energy. And sure enough, I began to talk about it and write about it, and, it, and it's, been, it's been kind of exploding. So now, on the one hand, we have this kind of this coup energy, we have the Mueller energy, and then we have, we have Trump, who is getting closer to being compromised, which is not a good thing for the American people uh, or the world in general. Because, you know, we're on the verge of this kind of barking war with North Korea, which I don't really think is going to happen, uh, but, it, but it rattles our nerves, puts everybody on edge. Uh, the, uh, the markets took a hit because of the rising level of invective. And the eclipse energy is really important because it sheds a dark light on a lot of these activities. Now, if people have their eyes open, they can see what's going on. However, that said, you know, we're in a very different place. And the potential for a coup on the one hand, or at the very least, a president was deeply compromised on the other hand, and you have this ratcheting up of this public debate around free speech and at what cost. All these things are colliding together. And they're all colliding right around the eclipse. So, you know, the worst case scenario around all of this is that uh, Trump is either assassinated, suffers a pulsed heart attack, or is so delegitimized that he has absolutely no power at all and he's just simply a puppet of the deep state. And we wind up doing these proxy wars for the bankers and he will sign off on them no matter what. That's kind of I think the I, the other worst case scenario is we actually have a revolution in this country, and out of that would come the beginnings of a police state. And with with Mars on Trump's ascendant, Mars is the military, Mars is the police, and we have the eclipse on it. That could be a possibility, and it could be it, it, because Trump is a Gemini, and he's got this kind of really wild stellium of Gemini in his chart. It's also sextile Mars. It could go either way. I mean, it could be Trump that orders it, or it could be the deep state through the the, uh, the 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 deposing of Trump that could order this state of martial law. It's not out of the question. I mean, I think we're really getting very close here. And once YouTube and Google and Facebook are start their kind of axis of evil alliance. As it comes to, when it comes to uh, censoring and removing videos, then sort of the Vox Populi the platforms that we've had to make our our viewpoints known, 
they'll be eradicated. What? Well, hold so, on. So we're in a very interesting place and time in our history. Okay. Wow. Okay. Let me ask you this. So I'm. This podcast is coming from a place of, you know, magnetizing conversations around possibility, basically um, refining our personal spaceships and setting ourselves up to take um, advantage of unexpected times, of the fact that nobody's minding the store. It's the clown car pileup. We've got a backstage pass. We've all got a laminate. Anyone who can stay awake and stay conscious has got a laminate around their neck that lets them go behind these velvet ropes. So what I want to ask you, okay, yes, all that on the public, the Shakespearean drama and Trump, and I believe all that could happen. And what about the people who are listening to this who basically want to stay out of the national crazy and benefit from the eclipse energy? What's the possibility of slingshotting into a better place for people? Well, that's, that, that's a great question, and I think it's an important one um, because you know we have to also pay attention to the micro as well as the macro. So what is, what is Leo? Leo is the heart. It's the heart center. And what does it represent? It represents, to some degree, some level of sovereignty. That's, that's what Leo represents. So it's not just happening in Trump's chart. It's happening in all of our charts, depending upon wherever it is inside of your chart. So when we have this dark illumination, what is it saying for every individual? Well, where's your sovereignty? Where have you given your power away? What have you given consent to over the course of your life that if you look back on it, you would say, I should never have done that, you know, because it was not really in my best interest at a deep level. When he was often considered selfish and uh, stubborn to fix sign, proud, right? Right. And we may have some real indications of that as well inside of our lives. Where's our pride been? You know, did we hold on to things too long? Till we have opened our hearts and you know gotten to a place of forgiveness a lot faster than grudges that have kept us separate for a very long time. And I think this is an important time because Leo's also a very creative sign. And again, I don't want to bring in, I don't want to be the, the prince of darkness here, but if for some reason we get into a place where it's not business as usual, people are going to have to get creative, you know, whatever that means. So that's a really important piece to understand. And if nothing happens during this eclipse, if, if we just continue to have the megaphone, you know, blast it out to the rest of the world, then great, fantastic. You know, a, a major asteroid just passed by the planet, theoretically. But in your own life, where have you held on to things for too long? Where did you give consent? Where at times you shouldn't have given consent? And more importantly, wherever you are in your life, how can you open your heart to possibility, even though with the eclipse, we might be in a dark time? That's, I think, the biggest sort of, you know, algebra around this. Because, you know, this is major spiritual work. You know, are we defined by the, uh, by 
the pictures and the, the movie of our reality or can we do something different and can we do enough that's different in relationship to other people as well because when we get into eclipse energy one of the things that we deal with is we deal with the moon's nodes and the moon's nodes play a major role in the eclipse so the south node during the eclipse is in aquarius and that south node is generally the achilles heel and it's the underbelly of the eclipse so aquarius represents groups it represents organizations and societies so are we so dependent upon our relationship to our pride and our ego fueling our relationship in a maybe an unhealthy way to the various groups we're part of that it's becoming debilitating um. to the rest of the country you know i mean what we've seen over the course of the last three years are very clear divisions of groups and the groups live inside their own echo chamber and they're all looking for some form of validation. They're they're all they're all interpreting data based on, you know, whatever it is they're wanting to perceive. And none of them are talking to each other. None of them. And this is the Achilles heel of the eclipse. And that what we really need to do is have much more dialogue across these these kind of. Uh, these lines between groups and special interests. But it's been very, very difficult because what's happened is that this whole idea of discourse and debate has really turned into kind of an on-off switch. We used to be, able to, we used to be a country where we could have a, an open exchange of ideas. And what we've seen over the last couple of years is that's been shot down. And, and now we're just shouting at each other. And it's unfortunate because the nation divided as a nation conquered. But it really comes down to, you know, what have you, what have you given your consent to you that you really shouldn't have given your consent to? I'll give you, I'll give you an example from my own life. And I've already had this um, uh, insight, uh, but it's, I think it's one that's kind of appropriate. So when I was a kid, I tried out for the high school baseball team. And um, I was actually a pretty good player. Um, I wasn't like a superstar, but I, you know, but I was pretty good. And, I, and if I had the right context and the right attitude, there's a pretty good chance I could have made the team. What happened was is that I didn't believe in myself. I really wanted to play shortstop. That's where my heart was. And what I did is I went out for a position that I thought I could make, not the position that I really wanted. And this is kind of what I'm talking about here. Subsequently, I didn't make the team. I didn't even make the team on my own terms. So, you know, not make the team on my own terms. If I'd gone and played shortstop and given it my best, I could have said, hey, I gave my, I gave it my best shot. But instead, I thought, okay, I'm going to go over here because nobody's going out for this position. It'll increase my chances. Didn't right. work. Right. Didn't work at all. So these are the kinds of insights that I think we can have during this eclipse. And then what can happen is, you know, we can let go of that. But we might have to grieve. You know, we might have to really get into an emotional place for the things that we loved and left behind. Do you know Do you know thepowerpath.com? Do you ever read that? No. Okay. It's, it's a path. It, I mean, people who listen to this podcast know that, um, like I say, even my least woo-woo friends 
wait with bated breath for this um, for the monthly forecast to come in. And I just want to read something to you and and see what your reaction to this. Okay, my thing is I know enough to be dangerous about a lot of things, and that includes astrology. But what I'm coming to this eclipse from a perspective of paying attention to what were previous to this, the three events that were the most watched, the most mass focus events. You've got the election, you've got the Super Bowl, you've got the Oscars. Look at the way all three of those ended. That's why I know this eclipse is not going to pass without something bananas going on. Now, it could be bananas in, in an amazing way, and I'm I told you, I've been walking every morning in the woods with Shauna, and both of us, since the last eclipse, which, oh, the lunar eclipse, which I want to ask you about, the lunar eclipse just brought me to my knees in a way I did not expect. And this is what the power path is saying about the eclipse, and let me read this. Um, so the new moon and total solar eclipse is Monday, August 21st at 12.30 p.m. Mountain Time. This is the big one we have all been talking about. Some of you determined to be in a place where you can see and witness the totality, and many of you will simply be in its energy or see a partial view. It really does not matter energetically, only psychologically. But with that said, this is definitely a time to honor a marker of huge change and the agent of a massive reset. Even if you have been working with these energies now for the past weeks, it is always good to honor the exact time frame around the event. And they say, what can you do? Be aware through a list or a mental awareness of what you are resetting. Do something that symbolizes coming into a still point, an unplugging, a dropping into the void. Acknowledge the absence of the sun and solar energy as it is eclipsed from the earth from, for those few moments as symbolizing the absence of what has been feeding old patterns and beliefs for you these past years and maybe your whole lifetime. As the eclipse recedes and the sun comes back, imagine that it is feeding and nourishing and energizing a new you, one that has been reset to a new vibration, a new consciousness, and a new frequency. Now that ties into exactly what you were just saying, like what have we been feeding? Like, you know, it's the wolf we feed, right? So, um, and so what I'm, uh, you know, kind of as we sort of come to the end of this conversation, I mean, you've given us a lot to chew on. And, and, and part of me, as you know, the, the political science major in me, delights in the chaos. I mean, I obviously am getting a lot of, of I'm, I'm really being fed by the drama of this. At the same time, I, I need to make sure that I am positioning myself and as part of a, as me as a conduit with this podcast is, is, is delivering the goods. You know, I'm a conduit to people like you, people like you who are grounded into something I do not get, but I know something, I know that we, that something bananas is going to happen. So how would you say for people to, um, to set themselves up to, uh, to be in a good spot to benefit from this, from what's what we're about to go through. One of the things that you know we I think have really like lost touch with is the the, the, the childlike kind of capacity to 
drop our pretenses and just kind of mix it up and play. Like you look at, you know, these people that were, you know, clashing in Charlottesville or wherever. They were kids one time, you know, and they and, and you if you got those kids, you you put them on a playground, it would have been a whole different scene, a whole different story. And the, the Leo energy, you know, reminds us that you know part of us are still rooted in our childhood and possibly in a in a very good way in a very providential way and so in terms of being prepared for the eclipse i think be, being able to play with it yeah create yes it, yep yep have yep. fun have you know look at it you know uh in your mind's eye you know get out get out a, a piece of paper and some coloring pencils or pens and you know draw what it looks like or write a poem about it or you know get together with a group of people at, at high noon and go have a couple you know a couple of beers and toasting play with it play with the energy you know and, and be ready to kind of reignite that that childlike spark that's in all of us because we've all become so stratified and so so serious and um that's another piece around it. It's a very interesting time, extremely interesting time. We've never been in a point of history where so many things are bubbling up so close to the surface. I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> so hopefully this eclipse will catapult us into a new level of awareness around all of it. Robert, where can people find you on the web? I'm at robertphoenix.com. That's my website. I do a, a, week, a daily uh, podcast called 15 Minutes of Flame. And I talk about this kind of stuff um, Monday through basically Friday. That's over on Spreaker. And I have a YouTube channel called The 11th House. And all my videos, uh, recordings, eventually wind up there. So robertphoenix.com, 11th House uh, Astrology with Robert Phoenix, and Facebook okay well i am really grateful to uh have this time with you and yeah let's i'm gonna get in touch with you after the 21st because yeah, let's, uh, let's let's all let's all meet have a nice cold pitcher of kool-aid <laughs> we'll drink the real kool-aid hey thank you sir i really appreciate it hey and you know best of luck on your new podcast and you're really good at this you're really good well, thank you very much. It's because I, I only have the cream of the crop guests, the guests who bring the goods. Um, all right, so episode nine, and um, uh, I can't wait to put this up and uh, see what happens. I just wanted to let you know. I hear your sweet voice.